welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is your favorite time of the week, Wrestling Chat with Friends. And you know who it is. It's Megan Rickman Blackwood, your favorite heel in heels, joining us this week for the first time in a long time. We've got everybody in place. We've got Cheats two belts, also Cheats four belts, because you know he he keeps stacking the champions. Cheats, what's up? Everything's great. Everything's great. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk wrestling this week. Absolutely. And we have Ty gimmick incoming. What's your gimmick this week, Ty? Uh, I'm going to be... I don't know. I have no gimmick. This is going to be no gimmick day. It's always gimmick incoming. So we're just prepared for whatever happens. And this week there is no gimmick and that's okay. Um, This week we, uh, I'm actually really excited because the three of us haven't been in the same place at the same time in a long time. I think this is the first time in, in probably a few months that we've all been on the show in uh, one segment. Sheets has been our like steady. He's always here. I've been dipping in and out because I am working session right now and it's insane. Um, and Ty always comes and goes. Maybe that's your gimmick. You're like here, not here, the disappearing podcast host. Um, but go I'll ahead and tell me, what are you guys popping for this week? It's been a big week of wrestling. Okay, I'll start. I'll start with that. I'll start with that. Let's see. What am I popping for for wrestling? I mean, I'm always going to go back to Impact. I'm always going to go back to Impact. And Bullet Club (laughs) is Impact. I mean, you have Jay White, you have Chris Bay, you have the gods of, sorry, G-O-D. You have Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, up inside Impact. It's a great time. It's a really great time to be a wrestling fan. Absolutely. There's so many good promotions going right now. Sheets, what about you? What's got you popping this week? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm popping for our guest. Because we do have a guest. And I want to bring in, uh, I think, is the actually very first guest we've ever had on Wrestling Chat. My good buddy, TG, Tom Garrett. Tom, welcome to the show as well. We want to bring you in early for this segment of what's got you excited this week. But I I think to answer the question is I'm going to go... Because it was Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, I'm going to go to Royal Rumble. I thought overall Royal Rumble was a good, not great show, but it was a really good show. And there's only a little, there's only a couple of things that I think could have been twisted to make it a great show. So I'm going to say Royal Rumble popped for it. I definitely popped for the opening match with Roman and Seth. I thought that was an excellent match. And I thought the way that they kind of, I I will say this, I wasn't excited about the booking before the match happened. And when that shield theme hit and oh Seth God. came through the crowd with the shield outfit on and, and it was just perfect. And then the match started off super hot. So Ooh. I'm definitely going to say, Royal Rumble overall, but the Seth Roman match, opening match of Royal Rumble is what I was popping for this week. Absolutely. 
I because... uh, I don't disagree with you. When I heard that Shield music come on, I actually watched the Royal Rumble so that I could have something like I wanted to be prepared to have a conversation, and I wanted to give WWE a chance. Um, <laughs> sad I did because it was terrible, um, oh, and I forgot what? how much I hate how much I hate the camera cuts. Oh my oh, god, I was nauseous like ten minutes in, oh, but geez. hearing that Shield music drop lost my mind. Um, all right, so TG, is that your gimmick? Is your gimmick TG? Because, like, you have a whole name, but Cheese keeps calling I do you have a whole name. I do. Yeah, that's, I, that's a high school thing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as the Rumble goes, I agree with Mark that the first match was outstanding. The build yes. was good, given that it was pr- pretty short-term. And then... Sort of the, the the twist of Seth coming out with the Shields paraphernalia and music, I thought was really good storytelling. I thought the, the women's rumble was okay. I thought the men's rumble was one of the weaker rumbles bad. maybe ever. It was bad. Yeah. All um, right. Well, hold on, because we're going to get into the rumble. Okay. okay. This part right but here, Tom, the, is what you're popping for this week. So what popped Dan you Like, what got you going this Dan week? Housen. Damn. Oh, that was mine. You stole mine, TG. Sorry. Big beef. Sorry. I I, I have uh, – I first became aware of Dan Housen maybe, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. And at first I was – I think like most people, my experience with Dan Housen is initially confusion. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely you start to understand like, oh, my gosh, this is really interesting. Um, I'm a big fan over. of his – I think he's going to be. I think. I think if he's used correctly, always the caveat. Uh, I think he is going to be a really great asset to AEW. Absolutely. Well, I've got to think of something else real quick because Dan House. Sorry, I, was that was what I was popping for. If I no, no, think something else. I apologize. Very nice, very <laughs> evil of you to steal my popping of the week. Um, let me think. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna go combination Danhausen and the Shield intro on WWE, just because, like, uh, you know, John Moxley is my favorite male wrestler. Um, so just hearing the music, seeing them come out, and then also like just the acknowledgement that John Moxley's a person and still exists. Um, that was kind of big for me, uh, even though they kept calling him Dean Ambrose. Uh, I was excited. Um, it brought me back into WWE just for a moment. Uh, again, the camera cuts were a little rough. So I'll do like a half and half Dan Housen and uh, Seth coming out to the Shield music. So we can go ahead and jump straight into the Rumble because well, wait, wait. that's. If, can, can I ask you a question? Because I'm one of those people that do not understand Dan Housen at all. Don't get him. I'm still at that stage that Tom said, like, for people that are like, what is this? And and from what I understand and what I've researched and so forth, um, obviously Ring of Honor. He was, uh, I guess, he was a big player in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. But apparently, mm-hmm. he can go in the ring. We just haven't seen that um, yeah. on AEW television. Leg break. Yeah. He had a nasty leg break right at the end of Ring of Honor, like when they when they released everybody. He uh, went out and did an indie match and like had a very nasty leg break. So he's still not cleared to wrestle. Um, but he's just wonderful. Like, look up his YouTube and just well, watch. Well, no, that's so I've, that's what I'm trying to understand. So I've seen some of his YouTube stuff and some of his YouTube skits. And I, I'm I'm just trying to understand 
like where do we go like somebody hit me to the brilliance right because i haven't i haven't i'm not there it's too new for me right now there is no feud in all of wrestling that i want to see more or that i would pay more money to see than Danhausen versus mjf and the reason is is because Danhausen's whole thing in a nutshell is that he is this guy who is largely oblivious to the people and the 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 within the universe of kayfabe, he doesn't fully comprehend or acknowledge what is happening around him. So he gets everyone's name wrong. He thinks everyone is his friend. He is solely focused on making as much money and becoming as famous as possible. And he's very explicit about that. That's all he ever talks about. And the thing about what would be so great, and they've interacted in the past, like in at you know signings and stuff like that. But the thing that would be so great, he is the one guy, MJF is a superb heel. Mm-hmm. And he is the one guy who would would just completely frustrate MJF because he, he wouldn't he would think they were friends the whole time. And he and I would I would love, love to see that. But that's his whole thing, is he's oblivious and he's this weird, you know, sort of, he thinks he's a demon. Character yeah. evil person. Yeah. Like that's his whole shtick. Like he's like he's he's very evil. He curses people. So that thing that he did to Adam Cole and then he did it again last night to John Boxley, that is his magic Danhausen curse. And he like curses you and then you lose your match, but not John Moxley, because he is he's above the curse. But that's why Adam Cole lost, because he caught the curse. Yeah, think of him as like a uh a more cartoonish face mankind. Okay. In 98, 99. It's silly yeah. and funny. And like, I do think I would love to see him with MJF TG. I think that's like a wonderful uh, pairing because like nobody takes their role as a heel more seriously than MJF. Yes. And like Dan House is just a foil to that. Like he's ridiculous and silly and like, I think you're right in that, like, he, like, he does, he never breaks and like, but it's in this like weird and insane way. And I would love to see him go against like the more serious guys. Um, I think he's going to be just a treasure. I cannot wait to see him like really start like to be, to wrestle and have some good feuds and, and make more of an appearance on AEW. He also is like in a massive, like, serious feud with the ass boys he's who started the ass boys yeah. thing with the with the colton and the gun gun club um so he made a whole music video and a whole song for them it's a great song it's, it's, it's so good <laughs> um, so just like tune in more like check out some more of his stuff and um you're you're gonna grow to love him it's gonna take maybe another week or so because at first i definitely was in that same place of like yeah, I just, what is I, this? Just, I don't understand it so, i, I will I will say he's so weird that it's it's in that he is in that category of I think he's great, but I also completely understand why he's not for everybody. So I hope you come to love him. But it's if you don't, it's like I get it. It's it's not, you know, it's it's like it's like Orange Cassidy. I, I have big mixed feelings about Orange Cassidy. On the one hand, he is really entertaining and then on the other hand i i'm like and then not so much lately like they've really sort of positioned him so he is you know has been a serious i mean he was a number one contender at, at one point yeah. um but in the beginning i was really worried about him being part of a mainstream company because with orange cassidy 
his gimmick is dependent upon wrestling almost sort of folding in on itself. Like you, you can't, it's like having, it would be like having a magician who is standing out there talking about how these are all tricks and it's not, you know what I mean? But, uh, but they've, they've done a great job with orange Cassie and I would love to see them do something, do as good of a job, not do something similar with, but do as good of a job in his own way with Dan Housen. I hope that would happen. I do think Danhausen and and to a to a different degree but in the same way like OC they really like they are like the carny incarnate <laughs> like you can't you can't love this weird thing that we love and not be able to embrace the people that are just like taking it as far as it can can possibly go and still be wrestling. Um, so I hope I hope you learn how to how to embrace Danhausen in your heart. That would make me very happy. Yeah, like Broken Matt Hardy. Yes. Love Broken Matt Hardy. Love him. Right? Like Impact Broken Matt Hardy. Correct. Not yes. WWE's whatever they did yeah. the Woken shite. No, it's like it's Broken Matt Hardy from the compound. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, you've got to, you just got to lean into the carny of it all. And once you do, it's just magic. It's so wonderful. So, welcome to Danhausen. And uh, yeah, I'm I hope eventually, Cheatshausen, that you learn to love him like we do. Um, all right. So, let's jump right into the Royal Rumble. I suffered through the first half of that promotion for you guys so that we could have something to talk about. Um, so first off, I am going to say I had not watched a WWE product in years at this point. Um, the production, is it always like that? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. What do you yeah. mean? It's consistent. Ugh. Ugh. Like the cut, I, I can't take it. It's Oh, the cuts, yeah. Yeah, the cuts happen a lot, but the overall production of WWE is, is bar none. I like, mean, I get that there's like holograms and stuff, cool, but like their video production, <laughs> like their video production is. I couldn't than, watch it. Like I was literally than, nauseous. The cuts were going so fast; it made my head hurt. Like I just, well, I don't get it. Why is that me, a thing? Let me let me warn you now. Never watch an episode of NXT 2.0 if you can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's bad. at the Royal Rumble or SmackDown. I mean, you know, they, hey, look, they're they're the WWE when it comes to those like vignettes, when it comes to production, when it comes to you know what they do with their staging and product, like they're 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 the standard in that sense. And yeah. the, what I think you've if you've gotten used to a certain aesthetic at another network. It's it's simply because they don't have the ability to do the bells and whistles that WWE has done. So it's Is like it bells and whistles though when you're cutting it, it, with every punch. With all it just feels unwatchable. It, it, it's, it, they they have the luxury and the the experience and and just to do the type of production that like you know we were just I think what was it a couple months ago we were gaffing when they finally got when AEW finally got like a a steady cam that moved around, right? Like exactly. So it was like it was really dope this, for them. No, no, but I understand what we're saying. But the idea that it, it, it's overproduced, possibly, but it's it's just they have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to production, and they're and they're the top of the line when it comes. To yeah, I, I think I would I would divide it sort of into two different categories. There's 
on the one hand, the quality of video production, like the, for example, the pre-produced hype packages they did for Lesnar versus Lashley, as they just said, I mean, A plus. I mean, they they are the best yep. in the business when it comes to that. I think what Megan's talking about, though, is actually related to a problem that, believe it or not, I heard Eric Bischoff talking about, and I never thought about this until he articulated it. But when you're talking about like the, the director and the cuts and all that stuff, his point about why AEW is a more watchable, more enjoyable product is he's like, if I'm watching AEW at home, it, to a large degree emulates the experience of watching a live wrestling event from the arena. Mm -hmm. He said WWE is like watching a, a, a being in a movie theater and it separates yes. the viewer from the connection that you have ideally with performers in the ring that you get if you're there live, that you get if you watch AEW, that you no longer get in WWE because of the exactly the kind of stuff you're talking about. And so I, I think it's uh, – they are very sophisticated, but but at a certain point, they are actually undermining their own ability to entertain in the same way that other live sports are able to entertain. Yeah, I can't think of another production, another live production in which you see that many cuts, you see that many, like, it's just, for me, it was really, that I seriously, there was points of it, and this isn't just my AEW, I mean, my WWE hate, because, like, I'll be straight up about it. Like, I don't like the company. I don't like the company's ethics. I don't like their politics. Like, I think they're garbage people. But, like, this is just, like, a producer's eye. I produce, like, a live thing every Sunday. It's church. But, like, I, it's, like, we've got a bunch of uh, musicians. I've got six different cameras. And, like, if I was cutting like that, my person would come to the back and ask me if I was on crack cocaine. Like, <laughs> No one would be okay with that amount of cuts in a live show. And if you look at even concerts and like football games, basketball games, like people that have significant production budgets and significant production staff, like nobody cuts like that. It was insane and it was really hard to watch. Um, I will say during the women's rumble, they kind of like pulled it back some, but for me, especially during the Roman and Seth match, between like the cuts and then the zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out thing, like yeah. I was nauseous. I tried so hard, guys, but it was oh, rough. If you don't like the crash zooms, never watch an Okada match. Oh, <laughs> it was not good. Um, um, okay, so let's like move past the fact that I was nauseous from their production and let's talk about the actual show. Um, we all kind of talked about the first match, but let's jump right into the Rumble. Uh, women's Rumble, who were you most excited to see come back? Because they did have some pretty dope uh, uh, run-ins on the Women's Rumble. Who was your favorite entrant? I mean, I'll just say I'm kind of a homer. So Mickey James, because she's from, from mm -hmm. Richmond, who could see her back. I was the most shocking thing that happened in the entire Rumble, uh, in the entire show, even more than, than Seth coming out to the Shield music, which was great, was I could not believe that WWE allowed someone from another company to display a championship belt mm -hmm. from outside of WWE. I cannot remember. I mean, I think maybe like the NWA invasion angle they were doing during the desperation of when they were WCW was beating them was the last time on live TV that they showed 
some other company's championship title. So that was amazing, but it was it was good to see her. Same. Absolutely. I was super thing. happy to see Mickey. I'm, was Mickey your favorite too, Ty? It, Mickey was my favorite too. And and going on the fact what TG was saying is that not only not only did they show the Impact Women's Championship, they showed they they played hardcore country, which is TNA's Mickey James theme. She was dressed as TNA Mickey James. Mm-hmm. And she acted like TNA Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Like there's a big difference between that. I I if you saw my Twitter feed, I think you saw it too. I was going off when they were saying when I heard hardcore country come, I was like, Oh, I hate this song, but God damn, <laughs> I love this. So I have no idea what hardcore country is. I have no idea. Is it like the NWA of country? I, I don't know. But um I loved I I loved it. Uh my second biggest my second favorite was Ivory. Mm. Oh, to hear that right to censor. To hear that right to censor music playing and just her and the mic. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> can, can I ask though, because a lot of folks have said this like sheer shock that Tom and Ty, you're talking about about mm-hmm. Mickey James displaying the belt <clears throat> and acknowledging TNA and so forth. <clears throat> I'm just, I guess I'm a little confused in the sense that after they acknowledge, after they announced her, and then they mm-hmm. announced her, they announced her as T, you know, Impact Champion yep. Mickey James. Like, is it that? far of a step because people were really freaking out about the belt and the music and so forth but when they announced her they didn't announce her as hall of famer mickey james or former wwe champion no they announced her as who she was and what she's currently doing in her promotion is it that big of a deal or or why maybe i should ask why is it such a big deal that because wwe doesn't act like any other wrestling promotion exists Right. Like their whole thing is it's us and it's only us. And I think Vince like really intentionally like bought up all of the indies. He went through and got all the regionals like they are the only wrestling company on the planet. And like for them to even acknowledge uh, another promotion, I think is huge. I I don't remember the last time they did that. It was like. AJ Styles talking about Bullet Club. They actually said Bullet Club. They actually said IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Like, and maybe only I'm two people ask- have that. This is Brock. Maybe I'm too. asking the wrong way. Because my thing is, I was shocked that they announced her as they did when they did. I am less shocked about everything else that happened after this. And it seems like there's this slow, like, rolling the ball up the hill. Like, oh, my God, they announced her. Now it's like, oh, my God, they let her bring the belt. Oh my God! They let her do pod. I'm like, I, well, after they announced her, isn't that the big shot that she's so, coming? So you're saying once me? once they had already broached this whole issue by saying, you know, Impact Women's Champion or whatever they said, which by the way was a big surprise that they even said. I mean, when they said it on TV, I was that, like, wow, I, I can't believe they the, said I that. I thought that was the shot. Um, To me, it's like it's even another level when you actually have somebody who is an active champion in another company have that championship title on TV. And and that really it's because it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Pictures worth a thousand words. You can you can say something as a throwaway line like when, you know, Pat McAfee made reference to Mox or Seth Rollins made reference to Mox on TV. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But it's it's a whole other level when you have somebody with that title on television. I mean, at least for me. So, 
So absolutely. To, to short answer your question, I'm going to go hometown as well. Um, and it was Mickey, but it was in particular Mickey and Lita squaring off. There was a mm-hmm. moment in the women's rumble after they announced Lita, who I'm a huge Lita fan. Um, when they announced what Lita, is with she, all the cuts. Do you work for WWE? Why do you keep moving us around? <laughs> she looked. I, I'm I'm working on this. Uh, Lita looked fantastic. Lita looks yeah. like she's ready for another run. And um, when she had a moment when they squared off, her and Mickey kind of squared up face to face. I was like, this is for somebody from Richmond, Virginia. I was like, this is phenomenal. Like this was worth the price of admission for that for that little stare down. Um, and so that was I was popping in the women's rumble, which I thought was leaps and bounds at better than the men's rumble um, because it was a rumble the, yeah. it, it, in the sense that they bought legends back. They bought surprises in. They had like I think they have to do it out of necessity in the sense that they may not have 30 active working. You know what was interesting, too, about the women's rumble and Ty and I talked about this. We were both live tweeting from the WCWF Twitter account, so make sure you follow. Um, we were also equally shocked that Alexa Bliss and Bailey, for whatever what? reasons, you know, maybe not cleared, whatever. I don't know what's going on with Alexa Bliss, but the fact that they weren't in, and then Bailey sends that awesome tweet trolling I everyone. I love that. It was phenomenal. And so, um, I, I, you know, I was extremely, was extremely happy with the entire women's rumble in the sense of even was it Sasha Banks coming out what first or second um, the Sailor Moon yeah Charlotte <laughs> was, was able to book. Charlotte was able to establish her dominance in in the sense of being in the ring like everything that we needed to happen I think in the women's rumble in some way took place I even enjoyed the um Naomi Son- Sonia uh Sonia Cameron mm-hmm. Funkadactyl reunion story. I thought it was all great, man. I thought the women's rumble was was really really good. I did not um, understand though why Tamina kept on saving everybody. I don't understand that at all. But I didn't it, get it's... that either. I feel like she had a chance to throw so many people out and she didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't, um, I don't. For me, I'm just gonna say it. Like when the Bella's music hit, I lost my mind. Like there's there's. And I will say, I watched into the, I watched all the way into the the men's rumble. I did fall asleep and have to finish it the next day. <laughs> but um, there was a huge difference for me in the quality of, and maybe it's just because they're old and like I knew them, but like I couldn't really tell who people were on the men's rumble because of their music. Like everyone had like a generic like guitar riff and then like some drum and like. I'd, even some of the older people that I know, like I didn't recognize their music, but on the women's rumble, like when those songs were hitting, I was like, yes, these are my people. Foxy came back out. I was so excited to see her. I didn't even know she still wrestled and she looked good. I was excited to see Cameron. I was waiting for her to try to pin somebody in the rumble because that would be a very Cameron thing to do. <laughs> um, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, do you guys want to talk about the men's rumble or was it such a disappointment that we could just move right along? Uh, it I mean, was we gotta talk the about worst. It. I mean, you can say it, was, it was it was the worst. It's the worst. I like Johnny it's the worst men's. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think what stands yeah. out to me about the men's rumble was it was everything that the women's. It was when you think of a royal rumble, and you think of what the women did. 
Again, you think of surprises, you think of returns, you think of funny gimmicks inside the match. The challenge with the men's rumble was that it really had none of that. Um, Johnny Knoxville and obviously the the reemergence of Bad Bunny were really your only two surprises. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't bring back really any legends that you hadn't seen in a long time, which they're known for. They didn't have any real surprises unless, like, everybody knew after the Brock-Bobby match, which we should talk about, um, everybody knew Lesnar was going to be number 30 and Lesnar was going to win. It was the least shocking moment of, you know, Royal and Royal Rumble history. And so I think the only throwback they had was Shane McMahon, and we obviously know what happened to him. Uh, so it's just, I think, overall, in regards to what the Royal Rumble is supposed to be and what it's supposed to represent and the mo- moments you have, like the Edge return or AJ Styles coming out mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just just big, big storylines, um, just really didn't deliver. It just I, didn't I, deliver. I, I, almost everything that could have, except for, you know, like a major injury or something like that, almost everything that could have gone wrong with this Rumble did go wrong. And I mean, from the standpoint of, you know, we just talked about all the things that were good about the women, women's Rumble. And it's not so much, I don't want to say formulaic, but there's like a good Royal Rumble. There is a to-do list or a checklist. And the yeah. women's Rumble checked all those boxes. And the men's Rumble checked none of those boxes. And it was everything from... You know, the second Shane McMahon came out, I knew that the behind something had gone really badly in the behind the scenes. So I didn't, I had no idea that he was going to get fired. But I was like, the fact that he's in this rumble means that they had some other plans that they want for like a big surprise or like, you know, there have been all these rumors about maybe someone from AEW was going to come in for a one night or whatever crazy stuff. But whatever plans they had had fallen through. Because if they had to put him in the Rumble, I was like, oh, well, this is this is not good. But everything from that to, like you said, Mark, you know, no, like not a lot of surprises to the fact that there were so many good wrestlers who were on a part of the main roster who were not featured in the men's Rumble, which that's not good. So the women's Rumble had this great mix of recognizable and entertaining faces from the past and meshing them with current stars to elevate those stars. The men's rumble was, was, as I said, none of that up to and including, you know, the one thing that we kind of can count on every year, the really, you know, amazing Kofi Kingston escape spot, and that got botched. And then that also, in turn, hurts Big E because all the stuff that they were going to do now has to get thrown out the window. And, and just there's this ripple effect of all this stuff. And I say all of that as somebody who I freely admit I am a big Brock Lesnar fan. I like Brock Lesnar. But that rumble was not good. It was hot garbage. I'm just going to say it. Hot garbage. Okay, so do you, do we have to talk about Brock and Lashley or can we just move right along? We got to talk about it a little bit. You guys, we've done okay. like a wait, wait, half wait, wait. hour on WWE. I'm <laughs> wait, wait, I will five. say, you got I will five say this. minutes to talk Brock and Lashley. All right, Go. all right. Brock and Lashley was a snorefest. I'm done. Thank you. Like I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed I like it, it, but I, I like it. Like because you like Bobby Lashley. That's why you like. I like. Bo- I like Bobby. I do <laughs> yeah, like Bobby. That's what I'm saying. It, it was. Uh, I like. Yeah. I like Bobby, and I like the fact that he. Now I knew as soon as he came away with the title, what was going to happen in the Rumble. Like, 
it was a, you know the worst foreshadowing in the history of foreshadowing. But I uh, I like the fact that they gave him the belt. Like he got the belt back. He had a, he had a real match with Brock. It wasn't like it was some kind of because at first I was like, is it gonna be some kind of squash like things to to spare Brock so he could go in the Rumble later? But he had a real match. Uh, I liked everything that happened in the match. I like how it came out, and uh, I was I was a big fan of that of that spot. I I thought they actually built that up pretty well. I, I thought they executed at the time, um, and, and and now I'm a little you know as everybody's is is looking forward, I'm a little concerned about what happens to Bobby now that we know it's already going to be what Brock and Roman at uh, mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Oh, oh, and and let's let's not mention, I did not see Roman coming out and spearing Brock and like Heyman the Heyman turn. I thought all of it was great, man. I thought it was good stuff. You didn't see that coming. After, I, I, I didn't see it coming. I, I figured. I mean, it, basically, they had to do the angle that they would have done at day one if Roman had not gotten COVID, and so they they because to get to where they need to get to. At WrestleMania, certain things, certain plot points had to happen, and so that was what this was. I, you know, me personally, um, I enjoy what I enjoy about Brock matches is <laughs> they just. I mean, I know wrestling is an art form, but man, those two dudes who are both legit, they just beat the crap out of each other. And there's, there's, a, a, as in the same way that there's a place for Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. There's a place for that for me, and I, I it's it's enjoyable. Some of those suplexes, like at the beginning, Bobby was you could see he was like rolling because he wasn't he he was trying to avoid I think taking it right on the you know flat because because they were just so high, the angle was so high and they were just so intense. So I I liked it. I thought the build was good. I thought that the uh, the stuff with Heyman, of course, I, I love Heyman. I love Roman. Um, I thought that was good and necessary to get to where they needed to get to. Uh, I thought the right guy won, so I was I was happy with that match. I mean, it wasn't Seth and Roman good, but it was I, I was fine with it. I'm always mm-hmm. down for like two big beefy dudes beating each other up, but to be 100 percent honest, I was more entertained by the like three minute uh, promo video that they did. Like I was I was I was popping for that. I was like, okay, this is gonna be fire. And then like just to have like such a dusty finish, I'm off it. Like. Give me a good match. And speaking of good matches, let's go ahead and move right along. Last night in Chicago, finally, finally, we get to see the end of the, well, maybe not the end, right? Like we're going to, we're going to probably see (laughs) some more with it. Um, But the final, the actual match between uh, CM Punk and MJF, give me your thoughts. It went too long. What? It went too long. It, they 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 could have shaved off eight minutes and it still would have been a great match. It went too long. I we could have done without the pendulum, the pendulum little punching thing that looked terrible. Um, <laughs> when he was they falling up and down, with, I thought that was yeah, fun. <laughs> the the whole um, just re- was it a no DQ? Was it a no DQ match? All of a sudden, because it was just to let him go. They were man. using they, they were using what they wanted to do. Yeah. They were using like 
getting choked out by rope. But the using... whole thing with that was was that like the ref didn't see it, and so like I'm, the match ended. But then I'm he saw about, it. Yeah, and ex- exactly. Again. No, no, I'm, I'm I'm talking about the whole CM Punk on the on the other side of the ropes and him choking him with it. You can plainly everybody can plainly see it. Uh, no count out and Punk hitting him with objects when they're going up the stairs. I'm like, uh, okay, so what what are the rules? Are 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 was it a no DQ? Like I don't if it was a no DQ, I'm fine with it. And if it was a no DQ, then why all of a sudden him hiding the rope was a big deal? So I mean you got a Pepsi I, splash off the top rope from CM Punk. I don't know what more you want. And I think it needed to go that long because I for one have said cult of mediocrity um since he's been back. <laughs> And I think seeing him go for 40 minutes, like, he can, I mean, he can still go. It was an old school, like, down and dirty wrestling match. And, I mean, there was a little bit of, you know, MJF foolery with the ring and the rope and stuff. But it was really good to see Punk go that long. And he was definitely gassed at the end. But, I mean, he kept up. I'm going to, I'm going to. So hold on, Ty's already gone. Ty, is that was that your comment? That was it. Yeah, that, not. I mean, it was it was it was the best CM Punk match I have seen thus far. That's not saying much, but it's the best CM Punk match I've seen thus far. Uh, I do like I, I did like MJF. I think the right person won. I could have done out the Wardlow thing. I just wish he would have just taken took it out of his trunks and then punched him with it. But eh, like you know, old school William Regal with the power of the punch, Joan. But eh, you know. It, it was a great. It was a good match. It, it was the best match on the show. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. Uh, I en- I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I really did. And I um, I the only thing that um I would you know take issue with in the long term is uh, I'm waiting for the Wardlow heel turn. Like I'm waiting for the turn. Mm-hmm. Like it's I guess like a face turn, but I'm waiting for Wardlow to turn on MJF. And I was thinking when he walked out and was looking. I was like, I didn't think he would do anything, but I was thinking maybe he just like kind of leaves MJF for dead, and then MJF like you know, Punk goes over MJF's late for dead. Wardlow doesn't doesn't intervene, like doesn't stop, it. and it just kind of builds more. The fact that Wardlow aided and assisted the victory for MJF, um, it, it's still it's it's still it's a good story. I like I like the I'm more interested in the Wardlow MJF story than i am the cm punk mjf story um however i do think that it's good to see punk you know make an attempt at doing what daniel bryan has done what john moxley has done what kenny omega has done hangman page has done he hadn't had that opportunity to really say like here's 45 minutes here's 40 minutes let's go against an opponent that we really think is worthy like you know He's going up against, you know, whatever they lined up, you know, before him. The Derby match was good, but that wasn't that, you know, it wasn't it was his first match back, and he wasn't able to really go. So I think, I think it's a credit really to MJF that MJF doesn't wrestle every week. <laughs> He's such a great heel, but he doesn't in ring work on television um, that often. So the fact that they have a lot, like so much trust in MJF to put him in spots like they did with the pinnacle versus the inner circle and have MJF do the Jericho thing and then turn around and do something like this. And when he does get in the ring, say, 
all right, MJF, you got, you know, 45 minutes, make it, make it count. And he did all the great heel stuff, man. When he choked him out, I loved it. When he hit him with the like, when he like when heels cheat, I love it. It reminds me of what I why I love wrestling and the you know loving to hate a Ric Flair type type of person. So um, I I thought it was a really good uh, match. I really want to see where it goes with Wardlow more than anything else. Okay, I'm gonna jump in and then TG. I want your take, but I do want to just okay since we were talking about production earlier. I think this is something that, like, AEW does better than WWE, right? Because, first off, we're all waiting on the Wardlow turn. We're invested in that, and we want to see it happen. So when, initially, he's standing there, and then he makes way for CM Punk to come through, you don't see the ring drop. You don't see that happen there. You don't see that handoff. You just see him stepping out of the way. And everybody's like, oh, is this it? Did he just, did he just turn on MJF? You don't see that until after the show. Like, so after the match was over, we see the cut where you can see what happened. But at the moment, we're all invested in this Wardlow turn. And it looks like he's genuinely just getting out of the way for CM Punk. And I think that there's like a credit to their producers for not just like giving that away, right? Like it's another piece of, of how they do storytelling that I think really is setting them apart in the wrestling business. Um, and that's just my humble opinion. All right. So you give us, give us your take, TG. Let's go. Give me, no, give me I, your, your I, punk I think, and MJF take. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the point that the way that I was going to phrase it was, and I say this as somebody like, I'm probably, you know, uh, I would say I am a fan of WWE and much more forgiving of WWE than probably a lot of people are. But one thing that WWE very rarely does these days is surprise me. And and sometimes that's okay. Like I have seen kind of where the Roman Reigns storyline has been going for a long time, but I love it. I, I'm all in for that storyline to, you know, continue to next year's WrestleMania and he wrestles the rock in Hollywood. I'm all for it. So I can still enjoy stuff sometimes even when it's predictable. But WWE is very predictable. And that spot last night and the whole thing with, you know, with Wardlow and the outcome and all that, I was surprised. I thought that what you just said was the way it was going to unfold was Wardlow comes out. He doesn't intervene, which is what we thought was happening. And this is the moment where you know, punk, maybe punk wins, maybe doesn't, but either way, this is the, the start of the split and the, and the start of that feud. Um, and that's not what happened. And I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. I, at Ty's point that he made, I sort of, cause I'm kind of a nerd for, you know, uh, narrative integrity. Um, and when I was like, yeah, what are the rules of this match exactly? Look what's happening. Um, but I thought it was a good match, and I, I was very pleasantly surprised by sort of how it turned out. I will. The last thing I'm going to say about it, and then we can move on and we can raid a wrestler, right? That's what we, we, we intend to do on our run sheet. Um, I will say um, CM Punk talked a lot when he was younger and when he was in his WWE run about how these old guys come back, and it's all about them, and they're part-timers, and they come, and they just you know, they show up for a couple of matches and WWE puts them over. I think there is nothing more gracious than CM Punk putting MJF over in his hometown. And um, I saw a clip this, I think it was this morning I saw it, where it was 
it was like a really tight, close shot on that when they were laying there and MJF turns his head into CM Punk. I cannot wait for the podcast, the interview somewhere down the line where we find out what was said in that moment. Um, because when he came up, like I expected him to be crying, but of course it's AF. So he immediately was like healing it up because that's what he does. But I think that for young wrestlers who came up on punk, who, who came up watching him, who idolized him, like he was being very real when he was like, you had my poster on your wall. Like we've seen pictures. We know that's a real thing. And like for punk to set aside his own ego, his own like, you know, feels of being back in Chicago and to put a young wrestler over and to set up somebody like MJF, who I think will be around for a very long time. And I think will be at the top of, of the business for a while. Um, that was just really beautiful to see and, and to love this industry and to love what they do and to see like that kind of torch passing in real time. Um, that I don't know. It warmed my heart. I had a whole little moment where I was like, well, I'm going to cry too. Nobody else, nobody else felt the feels for the torch passing. Whatever. Okay. Let Shane McMahon wrestle his 50th match and, and win. I, I, I did sure. think, I, I, one thing that did cross my mind was I thought it took a lot of guts for AEW and for Punk to have that match, have that outcome in Chicago. Yep. I did take guts. I agree. And I mean, uh, you got to, I, I mean, it's, it's why, AEW. Why is that courageous? I don't. Because, because it's Punk's hometown, and they love him. And, like, a, I mean, a year ago in WWE, they're chanting his name so loud, you can't get a promo out. So, like, it's Chicago. Let's, let's face it. It's an ECW original losing in Philadelphia. That's what it is. That's ex was, that's exactly right. It, it's Chicago has been the most important city for AEW, you know, in its his, its short short history, but in its history – and for them to have the number one Chicago guy lose to the basically the number one heel uh, in the company in Chicago, I think is is it's, it's gutsy because there's going to be some portion of that crowd, not most of them, but there's going to be some portion of that crowd who's not going to who's not going to like that outcome, and maybe they think twice the next time AEW comes to town. And and Tony Khan and you know CM Punk and MJF and all all and the creative folks. I think they're thinking big picture and thinking this is what we need to do for yeah, MJF think, to take the next to get think, to the next level. I think CM Punk is also thinking big picture. Like mm -hmm. here, here's the thing: the, the, this result doesn't happen unless CM Punk is thinking that this is the best thing that's going to happen, right? Yeah. Like this is the best thing for everyone involved, and that's why. And and, and just because uh, I think you're right, Tom, in the sense that. Outside of Daly's place, I feel like AEW's in Chicago literally once a month. Like they're in Chicago all the time. And to have this caliber match in Chicago is great. However, what's the what get, keeps the story going? What keeps the intrigue happening? And I think these types of results, um, and it wasn't like he beat them clean. Everybody knows he cheated. You know what I mean? But that's the type of thing that I think allows CM Punk to go 40, 45 minutes, allows the story to go on with Wardlow and MJF, allows, you know, CM Punk didn't lose any face last last night, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm thinking 
anything else outside of that, see, I mean, CM Punk goes over. I think this whole conversation is a lot, lot smaller. Like it's a lot less significant, right? So, and I think CM Punk knows that. I think the powers, the executives at AEW know that, and I think, you know, they're gonna figure out ways to keep CM Punk at the top of people's consciousness and minds, and and and, and you know, you'll probably get a rematch at a pay-per-view with MJF before it really ends. You know what I mean? So I, I, I was, I understand what we're saying in theory of what it means for wrestling, but almost a lot like we were talking about earlier with the Mickey James situation. I feel like these are things that what, what makes wrestling continue, what makes wrestling great. Like I'm less surprised about uh, CM Punk dropping um, you know, you know, dropping in Chicago, right? Like, I, I, I get it. I don't know. I just, again, I'm an AEW mark all day, but I do think it speaks to their talent and the culture there. Um, Brian Danielson did the same thing, right? Like he, his first loss was to Hangman. Like he, he put Hangman over, and like in a very clean and like you know, straightforward way. But I think what I love to see there is that these guys, like, it's very clear that they love this. It's not about them. It's not about like their legacy. It's not about like going out on top. It's like them coming back and really wanting to set up the next generation, which, okay, one more thing before we go to our Raider wrestler. What did you guys think about the uh, Brian Danielson promo with John Moxley about starting their own stable? I'm on board. My favorite thing in wrestling, maybe my favorite thing in wrestling, is when a heel has a good point. I think that is when heels are most effective, and I think this is going to lead to something. No matter what happens, I think it's going to lead to something very interesting. I loved it that he was like, these people hate me, but they know I'm right. And I was like, yeah, you are. You are your nail on the head. Are you guys are cheats tie? Are y'all ready for a uh, Danielson Moxley stable? I think they're just gonna do a match, right? Ty, what do you yeah. think? I think th I think he turns him down and match. does the match. Yeah, yeah, this is a match. It's not gonna be a stable. I don't know. I would love to see it. I'm on board. And the Mox. names that he mentioned, like. I think the people that he mentioned were hot. Lee Moriarty, uh, Daniel Garcia. Like, there are some people that could benefit from that tutelage. I mean, if we're talking about real life, Daniel Bryanson getting in the ring and helping people get better, Jade Cargill is training with Daniel Bryanson, or Brian Daniel, um, and trying to, to get herself better. So I do think that there's an opportunity there for a stable to come out of people that are are really training and, and getting their chops up but if you guys don't want to see it i understand no no i think there will be a stable that brian that uh danielson does but it's not gonna have mox mox is not gonna turn heel he can't it's, it's gonna be he doesn't gonna have to turn heel he can just have like a kick-ass stable with brian danielson you would because right now brian's a heel it, yeah. the dynamics would be it that's what so that's why the uh the Becky Lynch and the Viper uh, Nevin, I mean, sorry, Piper Nevin match suffered so much. You had two heels. What's her name? Dewdrop? Dewdrop. Yeah, I refuse to call her that. Piper Nevin. Why? Um, That's her name. Piper Nevin. 
Uh, Piper Nevin, there are two heels going at it, and you don't know who to root for. You mm-hmm. don't know who, who to care for. If you have, it's going to be too obvious what's going to happen. It's just like when, when uh, Daniel Bryan joined uh, the Wyatt family. We all knew that was going to last. We just thought it was going to last a little bit longer than it did, but yeah, mm-hmm. no. No one's going to fall for that. I don't know. I'd be on board for it. I'd love to see it, and I'd love to see them uh, really take some of these uh, wrestlers that are kind of lost in other stables or are just kind of doing stuff on dark and elevate them. Would love to see it. Okay, so we're going to rate a wrestler this week because that's what we're going to do. Um, so this week we get to rate my, one of my favorite, absolute favorite wrestlers, Thunder Rosa. So let's start, uh, Chief, go ahead and let me know how many belts are you going to give to Thunder Rosa? All right. So obviously to Tom is, we might have never rated a wrestler. Oh, we didn't do that when Tom was here. Let me, let me explain. Yeah, this is a, this is a new, uh, this is a newish concept. So, so what rate the wrestler is? Oh, go ahead, Oh, rate the wrestler is we're basically taking the Source Magazine five mm-hmm. mics uh, format and giving it to wrestlers instead of mics. We're having belts. We mm-hmm. you can only do halves, so you can't go one point two five like I did with one wrestler, Sammy Guevara. Oh, sorry, Sammy Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really like him. But um, you only gave him one point two five. That's that's the no, barometer. No, 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 no. I gave him, I gave him that for like I think mic work. Oh, like, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, there's, sorry. There's, okay. to- there's topics. There's topics. Yeah, topics. So we do mic work, mm-hmm. in ring ability, mm-hmm. and X factor. Mm-hmm. That that it factor. That what that what makes the person a star. Uh, We've done a lot of these wrestlers already. We've done AJ Styles. We've done Bobby Lashley. We've done uh, Sammy. We've mm-hmm. done. That's we it. Done? We haven't done that many. Did we do Roman? I thought we did Roman. We did Roman. Yeah, Roman. Okay, so we did Roman. Yeah. And right but we haven't now, done Roman that many. And AJ Styles are our highest rated wrestlers right now. Yep. Yep. And now we're doing our first lady wrestler. Yes. Yep. First one. My favorite, Thunder Rosa. So let's start. We can start with what is probably, arguably, maybe her least highest rated category. So let's start with mic work. Cheats, what do you rate Thunder Rosa on mic work? Okay, so this is challenging only because are we rating Thunder? No, we can't. We're just in. We're just doing mic work. Because here's the thing: Thunder Rosa is actually really great on her vlog in regards Absolutely. to relax Megan Megan relax <laughs> relax um she's really great on her vlog in the way she like communicates direct to camera articulates things however we're not rating the vlog we're rating what she does when she does her promos and her in ring like unring mic work uh which isn't that often in AEW world she does do some of those smaller promos like direct to camera and they're not that great so I'm gonna go with Thunder Rosa, Mike's stylings, two point five, two point five. Ouch! 2.5. That's low. Wow. Two point five. Time. I am actually going against the grain with cheats here because I've seen her mic work inside NWA. I've seen her mic work in MLW. Uh, when she's able to talk and actually talk, mm-hmm. she can. 
It's just that she doesn't get that chance in AEW all that often. Uh, I believe I don't I don't know if English was her first language. I don't think so because she was born in uh, Tijuana, not Tijuana. She was born mm-hmm. in California, but Mexico, California. Um, <laughs> no, it, I mean California goes beyond our state. <laughs> um, but uh, I she's pretty good, but she's not to the level as other people. Like, I think that Jade is actually better on the mic than she is. Uh, and, but I'm still going to give her a higher than Cheats. I'm going to give her a three. She's a three for me. On the That's mic. fair. That's fair. All right. TG, what do you give her on the mic? I, I feel like, first, I, I got to say, I don't really have the calibration, being, being a little unfamiliar with this. Uh, I think she has good intensity. And keep in mind, I haven't seen her blog. You know, I, I've just seen her on AEW. Um, I think she has good intensity. Um, I think the content is maybe a little bit generic. I was going to say two two point five as well. Ooh. Stick with your gut there. Stick with your gut, TG. Two okay, point. so yeah, I, am, I am like like Ty. Uh, once I discovered Thunder Rosa, I've watched her in like all these indie promos. And I will say, uh, recently in the the go with uh, Mercedes Martinez, she's really started to kind of lean into the like. Um, she's another one that I think really speaks like for the women in the locker room, and she she wants to kind of push that forward. I think that last promo she did with Mercedes Martinez was really good. So I'm gonna give her a three point five. Three point five. So what does that give us total? Three. She's got she's got two two point fives, a three point five, and a three. So yeah, that's gonna rain her out around a three there. Okay. So next we can go to let's do it factor next. Cause I all I know what she's gonna get in the ring. I'm well aware of what she's gonna get for her in ring rating. So let's go it factor next. We're gonna fight if it's a surprise. (laughs) TT, we're gonna start with you. Um, so remember, five is the highest, and it factor is really that, like, you know, it's that thing that you can't really put your finger on, but it, it's something about them that, that gets you interested. It's that carny heart. So what do you rank Thunder Rosa? I, I mean, she's interesting. I, I'm obviously not as uh, as big of a fan as you are. Um, I do think she's one of the better all-around performers that they that they have. Um I'll say, I'll say three point five. Damn! This is for X, this is for X Factor. No, okay, Correct. Three point five for X Factor. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Got it. Is three point five not good? I'm just I'm thinking of like no, rating a movie. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're exactly right. It's rating a movie. You're yeah. exactly right, Tom. Like three and a half right. star movie would be a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Tom. Above average movie. It is. It is. Hi. Oh, My turn. Okay. X Factor so, for Thunder. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I that I do, uh, TG, is is that I don't only take AEW in consideration when I'm grading these people. I, I take every single, like all women wrestlers. Uh, she does have that. She does have that that. Hey, look at me, kind of thing. In the smaller promotions. In the bigger promotions, she gets lost in the shuffle because I mean she just does. And it's, it could be not her fault because when she's actually in the ring, the crowd goes for her. But if she were in the bigger, like let's say, let's say in a WWE, in a in in a in a New Japan, 
ring. You know, the the big, big promotions. Yeah, she'd, be, she'd be okay. So I'll give her a, a, a three in that. I'll give her a three. I'm about to quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to look at You got to take a look at it. Is she, yeah. is she ever going to have that crossover appeal? Is she ever going to be on anything else? Not really. She's going to be in a wrestling. I think that is underrating Thunder Rosa. And I think she totally could be on other things. She already is uh, doing a lot of stuff with her blog. And I believe that if given the chance, um, she would do some really good cross-promotional stuff, especially in the Spanish language market. So I'm going to go ahead and give Thunder Rosa <laughs> an factor of 4.5. What? What? Mm-hmm. I see a little bias coming through here. Mm-hmm. A little. It's her favorite. If for wrestling. nothing we, else we, than we to throw off your numbers. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm gonna go with a strong four, and I'll tell you okay. why. Um, I think, and it has. It, again, like I said, if we can rate her vlog stuff right and her social media stuff as a part of her right. mic work, where again, where she is direct to camera quite a bit. Uh-oh. Oh, I think we just lost your audio. Jeez, we can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> I think um I would I would rate it or higher. So the vlog to me, what she does in GCW, what she does in the promotion that she runs, what's it called? The promotion she runs. It's M is it MPW? What is it? it's M something. something like MLW. The lady one? Yes. I don't know the the initials. That's my bad. Um M- MPW. MPW, yeah. So so what she does with MPW, what she does at GCW, what she does at AEW, what she did, I think when she debuted at AEW, she debuted as the NWA champion, right? She yes. did. Yeah, so um, in regards to X Factor being able to – oh, I didn't know this, but a ton, a ton of wrestlers have vlogs. Just they have vlogs, they're on YouTube, just so, so many of them. And the fact that hers, to me, stands out. It breaks through. It, it makes her an interesting person, as Tom said. Um, and it makes her outside the ring stuff makes me want to pay attention to her in the ring. If it wasn't for that outside of the ring stuff, I would be less excited about Thunder Rose. So I, I give her an X factor I think is extremely, extremely high. I think she does a great job with all of the stuff that she does. Um, and that's why it's a, it's a four for me. I uh, completely agree with you. And that's why I gave her 4.5 because I do think um, she pops up at indie shows all the time. She wrestles the dudes like, come on. Okay. So now we go to what is probably arguably her strongest suit, her in ring talent. So I'm going to go ahead and just pop right on off. 4.5. Um, she's amazing. I would give her a five if I thought that anyone would consider it fair. Um, because I think she's amazing. Uh, I've seen her go with the dudes. I watched her give somebody a stunner over the weekend, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, she has she speared a lady through an entire like palette of beer stuff at that like last uh, show they did in the brewery. I love her. I think she's amazing. She makes everybody that gets in the ring with her look good. Um, I'm completely on board. 4.5. It would be a five if I thought you guys would take me seriously. 
Okay. So again, I have to put her up against her contemporaries, her peers. I have to put her up against a uh, Charlotte, a uh, Sasha Banks, Io Shirai, Oscar. I have to put her against Diana Perrazzo, Mickey James. And when you put her up against all these people, she's average. She's she's a she's a, she's a three. She is her her she Actually, she does. She has it's been a, a fun run on WCWF. <laughs> I don't work here no more. <laughs> she's quitting, Ty. She's I'm just quitting. saying. I'm just saying. Ty, you, what are you like, doing? Like, if we if we're doing this in a vacuum and just and just AEW, then yes, she's one of the best wrestlers on AEW. She is. If we're taking this to Shimmer, uh, Chicago, if we're taking this to uh, DDT, WWE, Impact, no, she's MLW. Like, Kylie Ray is a better wrestler than uh, Thunder Rosa. But <laughs> you just, I, I can't give her anything else than a, a three if, if we're not talking about in a vacuum. I would love to see her against Charlotte Bess. Walking around, yeah, no problem. Yeah, she's not. She's not Charlotte, Charlotte will work. Runs. How do you guys around. like Bailey. Charlotte? She's I mean, good. Wow, I think she's, she's terrible. Wait till we vote on some of y'all's wrestlers. I'm dropping all one. Ruin my night. I'm gonna go. You know, time makes a compelling argument. He really does. I would not say she's average. I'd say she's above average, even when you put her against really great talent. But I don't think she's yeah, elite. Right? I don't good. think she's elite talent. So I'm going to give her a three point. Oh, no, in no. You guys are you just suck. All right, PG, what you got? I think she's she's really good. Now, now I will say I don't watch Shimmer, and I'm not that aware of you know non mainstream. Uh, American wrestling promotion. So I, I freely admit there, are, I'm sure, are performers I haven't seen. But I would I would have said four before that match with Britt Baker. And I don't even like hardcore matches, really, just in general. Um, but I think that bumps her up to a four or five. I know that's right, there TG. You, you want to start, start a podcast, TG? Because I'm about to leave this one. Because these fools <laughs> are talking about Thunder Rosa like they don't watch her matches. She's so good, and she trains so many people. Like she is training the entire women's locker room right now. Like she is I mean, really Disco working with Inferno. them and getting them better. Disco Inferno trains a lot of people. That doesn't really mean anything. But... Hold on. So we, so hold on. So really quickly, we have a three point five, two four point fives, and a three. Where does that yeah. place her in? Really? I think that's a three point five. What? Where do you do math? No, wait, no, it's definitely going to be a four. four. Right? I think All right, what so were her final scores? Let me so see. Let me four, see. Let me see. Four. Three. All right. All right. So here we go. In ring work, we've got her at a four. Mm -hmm. um, mic yeah, work, we got four. her at a three. And then X Factor, we've got her at a four. I can live with that. I'll stay on the podcast another week. So overall, we'd probably say Thunder Rosa. Four. You know. Yeah, I mean, we're going to give her a four. It's, hey, look, it's the highest woman wrestler ever rated on the show. It's the, it's and I think TG makes a good point. Well, we've only, it's the only woman wrestler ever rated on the show, so I yeah, see what I you see, did there. There you go. There you go. But I do think TG makes a good point. I think you're going to be hard-pressed find a more iconic match than what her and Britt Baker laid down um, with that lights-out match. I think that is probably, and it may be one of the top, 
AEW matches um, of their first kind of little little era. Um, and I think we're going to be talking about Thunder Rosa for a long time. Now, I I would I should probably just go ahead and say my heel of the week is Ty and Cheats because they rated Thunder Rosa so terribly. But we'll, we'll, I'll give it to somebody else. Let's go ahead and start our heel of the week because we are running long and we got to finish this thing up because I got to get in the bed. All right. Uh, so, TG, I don't know if you know about this, but every week what we do is we, we do a non-wrestling heel of the week. Um, just it can be a person. It can be an idea. It can be a thing. It could be like a whole sports team. It can be whatever you want it to be. What? Hits you off this week, and okay. who is your heel of the week? Okay, I, I'm not even going to provide any explanation for this. You can just pick a reason, whatever whatever reason you like to personally pick is fine. Um, my heel of the week is Dan Snyder. Okay, the I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm completely good with that. Okay. I might be the only person in the world, and, and TG probably knows where I'm going with this. As I'm I'm not that mad at it. I'm not that mad. No, no, no. At the, I'm not that mad at the uniforms and the, here's the thing yeah. in in this day and age. I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. The other I get it. I get you saying that. There's a, there's a whole lot of reasons. Not yeah, to pick, pick a reason, but, and you picked one. Right, he did pick one. I, I I just think in in this day and age, and we'll just move on really quickly. But what do you expect from the internet? Right, like they could have literally had the best backstory, the best uniforms, the best like name that you could ever name right and because i just remember when they announced washington football team and said we're gonna run with that for you know a year or two years until they pick a name do you know how many people were like that's the dumbest thing i've ever because it's the internet that's what the internet does and then do you know how many people just yesterday was like they should have just kept washington football team we love it now <laughs> that makes total sense and I'm like, guys, you're, you're women, guys, whatever. You're never going to get it right. They, and it doesn't matter what organization it is. It doesn't matter. It Like, you know, when the Lakers went to crypto, it's not like everybody was like, Staples Center is the greatest name in the history of names. No, it's just because they changed it. It's, 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 that's what happens. This is what the internet does. The internet's undefeated. Yeah. So that's that's what I say about it. Like, is there better names? Yes. Did I want, did I want them to... To get off of the name that they had historically, yes. So it's like you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win with those things. All right. I I would at least have liked them to get the championship years correct on their own logo. That would have been a good start. Ouch. Um. I'm okay. Heel of the week. My heel of the week, and I'll do the same thing with no context. You can decide why. Uh, Tom Brady, you are my heel of the week. Tom Brady's my heel of the week. Understood. He wants to spend time with his family. We'll see what happens. Tom Brady's my heel of the week. Okay. It's fine. You can have, we have let Ty like make emotions heel of the week. So, I mean, whatever. I'm cool with it. Ty, who's your heel of the week? Actually, I'm going to go first because you might have a fun one and mine's not so fun. My heel of the week is Nazis. Um, I don't understand Good the God. resurgence. Jeez. I'm dead serious. Like, I don't understand the resurgence. Just, like, just this week? They're the only week? Just this week? I mean, for all time, right? Oh but this goodness. week in particular, 
it's Black History Month. Like, stop calling in bomb threats. We all know that, like, you're not going to do it. You don't know how to make a bomb. You're not that wise. So, like, just go away and watch your World War II documentary and just go do something else. Like, make Nazis afraid again. I am on team punch Nazis in the face. If you see a Nazi, punch him in the face. I'll bail you out. Ty, who's your heel of the week? <laughs> this is going off the rails. So mine was going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, but both y'all did. Don't like things. super football heavy today. Yeah, I'm not gonna go football. You know, Thanks. I'm a Ravens fan. I'm a Ravens fan, so I I can't cheer for the Bengals. I but, I checked <laughs> I checked on Ty because he wrote a cryptic tweet that was like, "This is the worst day ever." I was like, "Ty, you alright, brother? What's going on? What's happening?" Then he was like, "The Bengals," and I was like, "Okay, we good." The Bengals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was right? really we worried. Have we have we have rules in the AFC North. Is that the Bengals and the Browns suck? All right, that's the number one rule. But um, I'm going to go, and this is nothing, Megan, this is nothing against you guys and your fandom of uh, AEW, but uh, AEW's Rooney, uh, Rooney Rule, where you have to have at least one black person on the show, on the national show, and they <laughs> may maybe win for Black History Month. Yeah, that's my heel of the week. <laughs> when you Nyla, said nothing against Nyla. you guys, I thought white people was going to be your heel of the week, right. which I totally would have got on board for. Oh, I'm never going to apologize And it for still kind of is. <laughs> no, but the uh, the Nyla Rose the Nyla Rose win over uh, Ruby Soho. That was they, the, they, they checked the box. Was the they Black History one Month check box. Wins. Yep. Um, and, 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 and the dirt sheets, uh, we don't know how much we can trust them. But they're saying Ruby Soho's is is not happy about her direction and might be limited. Days might be limited in AEW. Well, she is the runaway. So if she runs away, it'll at least be true to form. Okay, so Ty, do you have a match for us this week? Do you have a recommendation? I actually do not. So I'm going to pull one out hey, of Hey, TG, do you have a match <laughs> recommendation for us? something to watch? Oh, gosh, I didn't know this. I, I was unfamiliar with the assignments here. So I didn't know. The, show is, the show has changed quite a bit. Um, Since TG was on IG Live. Just yeah. Uh, format I mean, my, my go-to match always is uh, Steve Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Can't go wrong with that. Nice. Well, I'll give a match of the week to watch. Tune into the Virginia State Senate and watch Louise Lucas against Amanda Chase. It's phenomenal. I give it five stars. <laughs> uh, all right. There, there we go. I think that's it. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. I think we are. Um, PG, thank you so much for joining us. You know we never leave without putting our friends over. Um, where can people follow you to get these hot takes on a weekly basis? Oh, my gosh. Uh, my, my Twitter is at the axis of ego if you want to follow it it's mostly sports stuff these days well we certainly will be making sure we post that so that everybody can follow you and get your hot takes as the week continues and thank you so much for joining us today um we really appreciate you coming back you are more of a family uh wrestling chat with family rather than wrestling chat with friends but we're really happy to have you back please come back again now you know the new assignments you can be ready to rate a wrestler you can have a match ready for us and you can be ready with your heel of the week because that's that's what we do now <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you know we don't leave until the match is counted out to three so one two three catch you next week peace peace